Hi, Sam. What have you done to torment me now? <laughs> I am going to learn all of all of the lore. All of the lore. All of it. It's gonna okay. be it's gonna be great. You're doing a bunch of spells. I am doing a bunch of spells. So Would you like to uh reveal to the audience what those spells sure. are? I mean, well the, the major one is there's a great spell in Pathfinder called Akashic Communion. Which there is a Demiplane, that is basically a compilation of all world events ever, done by outsiders tracking history. So, this spell lets you basically go to the library and read some books. On anything. So... Yes, it, it, and it was, I love the Akashic it's Records. It's such a cool thing, and I was very excited to have a, like a reason to use it. Because there's, like, so many adventures don't have, like, mysteries that you really need to solve. So this is this has been fun. Having, like, Mother in front of us and finding, like, what to do with Host and things like that have been fun things to throw spells at. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I would say I'm a pretty well-prepared GM. I just ask that you let me know in advance about these spells so that I can get you the information ready. Yeah, and it's more satisfying for everyone if that way. And uh, you asked said you were going to do this about, what, three months ago? I think, when I first remembered that it was a spell. Yeah, I think it was before... A, a we're recording this after, for, for, for the audience, we're recording this after we completed Floor 9. But you said you were going to do this before Floor 9 even started. Yes, so. it, was, it was a little bit after Legend Lore, but not a ton. Yes. So, Ian. Yes. Let's set our scene. Declan is in his room, mm -hmm. and he has cast. Give me the Kells you I, cast. You cast a lot. I did. I actually. I might go to Abernard's and see if he can like keep an eye on me for this. Or okay, because these take ten minutes spells, right? Uh, I don't think they take much time. Akashic records a ten minute casting time. So yeah, yeah. The rest of them are either standard action or done during spell prep for visualization of the mind. I don't know. It, it feels like the kind of thing that you don't want people stumbling in on, so I'm going to go to oh, my yeah, wizard just, friend. You know, only Fitzgerald's allowed to watch. Exactly. I mean, just like, these are powerful people that I'm trying to spy on, and that doesn't feel like a safe thing to do. Yeah. So I would probably uh, go to Abernard Royce and see if I okay, can use so like his spell room. You give him a knock on the door. Oh, hello, Declan. Uh, hello, hello, Abernard. Um, I was wondering if I could ask a favor of you. What do you need? I was planning to do an Akashic Communion ritual and was wondering if I could use a space here. Oh, yes. Let's go to my summoning basement. Perfect. Thank you. I don't remember when I made the summoning basement. I don't really do a lot of summoning anymore. It's just, it's just, it's a good thing to have, just in case. Yes, uh, and he just see him start casting a spell, and uh, uh, 30 seconds later, like, five unseen servants appear. They need to clear some of the boxes down there out. Perfect, all right. So, a few minutes later, uh, that they're clearing out boxes of old books and musty scrolls, some of which have been destroyed by time. Yeah. There is a good old summoning room. How it's got your uh, protection from evil inlays. Yeah. 
all those good 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 protective does, does it feel like like a chalice like infernal summoning ritual like place or is it more like what's the vibe it gives off the vibe it gives off is almost like a lecture hall sort of uh you you can read the runes and stuff it's very clear that it's just meant to keep them in there's nothing to bind them anywhere it looks more like he would just use this as a communication room almost cool okay like just long distance chant long distance communication gotcha that makes sense yes communing with aeons and the like not a lot of evil creatures really being summoned by me when the uh lights do all of that that's yeah kind of what i figured all right oh uh do you have any questions would you like some tea sure i'll make you some tea i'll be back in a few minutes all right and while he's doing that i'll leave it on the tea pedestal and you see there's just like uh, a hand-painted sign that just says tea bench, and it's got a little table with uh, spots for a tea set. Cool, okay. I do love my tea. And he leaves you alone in the summoning room. All right. So, so yes, I've, I've proceeded to cast a lot of spells. So at, let's go through those spells. At the start of the day, as part of spell preparation, I cast Visualization of the Mind, which for intelligence, I gain a, I gain a, uh, I, I pick one mental attribute and I get a plus five to uh, ability bonus to, or bonus to all ability checks and skill checks related. In addition for intelligence, I, doesn't really matter for this one. I, oh my God, I get a, I just realized some horrible cheese you can do with this spell. It's and, really uh, gross. <laughs> I love this spell. I forgot how good it is. It's not cheap for a lot of the game, because it's 200 gold no, to cast. No, but if you're doing one of those Charisma Cheese builds, getting that plus five to your initiative. Oh, yeah. Anyway. So, cast Visualization of the Mind. So, yeah, that was that was with before I got here. Then it's uh, Investigative Mind, which is all of my knowledge checks, appraise checks, linguistics, and spellcrafts are rolled twice, and I take the better. Um... Vile. Tears to Wine. We've seen that a bunch. It's just a plus five to everything. It's a, un- it's a enhancement bonus, so it does stack with uh, Visualization of the Mind. Then Heroism, which is a plus two morale bonus to anything. And then finally is Fox's Cunning, which I can bump up to a plus six enhancement bonus to my intelligence, which gives me just another plus one. All right. So it takes my knowledge with the plus ten from Acacia Communion, from a 20, probably, to a 43. You have a plus 43. Uh, depending on what the knowledge is, it, what, what the check would be, most of them are 20 or 19. Do you know what we call that, Ian? Uh, no, Sam. What? Disgusting. I love it. <sighs> Wizards and casters are fun. It's good. You gotta do some crazy stuff, man. I like focusing it on, like, the less combat-relevant parts. So, like, this kind of thing is great. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. I want to know stuff. All right, so you cast your spells, mm-hmm. and then you begin casting the Akashic Record, Akashic Communion. Yes. And you are, for the coolness factor, we zoom into the inner, your inner mind, your inner workings, mm-hmm. and you are in what can only be described as a massive library. There are no ceilings. There is no floor. Just extend. It is simply countless rows upon rows of books mm-hmm. and in the distance you can hear what sounds like stomping of creatures that prowl the akashic records mm-hmm. if you want to do any 
knowledge checks on what those creatures might be. This will not count as part of your okay. questions from Akashic Record. Perfect, okay. I just like giving lore about these I things. agree. Uh, would that be planes? This would be planes. 1144. Uh, All right, so you know that of being on the Akashic rec Record, some people theorize you can use it to change the past by modifying actual records. Ah, oh, right. Okay. And if you would do that, you would be pursued by the creatures of the dimensions of time, such as the Hounds of Tindalos. Ah, right. Or the Danavas. <laughs> yeah, that's not something I've particularly... Uh, for those who don't know, a Danava is a CR-24 Mythic Rake 9 creature. <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. Or the other creatures that prowl the records, such as the Lepika Aeons. Yeah, I was kind of figuring where the Aeons fit into this, because I know they're involved. They're the Lords of Karma, who spring from the action and reaction of all forces. Yeah. So yeah. the existence of a record that measures the beginning and the end of everything is where they reside. They're, they're very into also, I gotta talk about the Hounds of Tindalos are just so They're fun. They're so fun. I really like them. So, being a guest here... Mm -hmm. Take my shoes off, never mind. Yeah, you take your shoes off, you get your reading, you have your reading glasses on, mm -hmm. and you are focusing on what you want. You want Mother. Yeah. So you are recalling all your knowledge you know about Pelta, where she's from, the general time frame of her, of her birth, everything, mm -hmm. and you zoom through the library like you're on like a like a uh, like a golf cart in an airport and you're about to miss your flight is, is that or is like the, the library feels like it moves around you yeah you're not moving the library is zooming around you that'd be the best way to describe it you are not moving the library is moving to you yeah just ugh. and you are standing in front well you are floating there's no floor for you to stand on mm -hmm. in front of a set of books now you're just a mere mortal man. Yes. Your mind is not capable of fully grasping everything you read here. Oh, very much not. But we're going to use your knowledge checks to uh, determine what you are able to parse. Mm -hmm. So what is your first skill you wish to parse? Um, <clears throat> I mean, it would probably be starting, starting most general, like, who is Pelta's mother? All right, and why don't you give me... Then... A planes check. Sounds good. And then I think technically you roll these, but I don't know if you particularly care. I hate secret rolls. Fine by me. It's it's a weird one too because it's I know if I fail. Yeah. Like it's so it's there's odd. no reason to make it a secret roll. Exactly. All right. Maybe not a not a great start, but that is a fifty-one. A fifty-one. So you're about to learn a little personal details about Pelta that were kind of glaringly obvious, but we just never addressed them really. It, yeah. Obviously, so you, as things flash through your mind, you hear the sounds of a newborn crying, mm -hmm. and in the middle of the night, as that child in the Ghost Wolf tribe is slumbering, a shadowy figure appears in the tent, picks up the crying baby just named Pelta, and replaces it with another. A nearly identical baby. Mm hmm in fact, much, one might call that baby a changeling. A much more familiar baby. <laughs> yeah, a much more familiar baby. You get glimpses of Pelta growing up, 
No one seems to really care about the heterochromia. Mm -hmm. Any of that stuff. Still trained in the ways of the ghost wolf. But at night, there is a figure that you can identify as a night hag. Mm. Night hags can visit creatures' dreams using their special gem known as the Heart Stone. And with it, hags gain special powers. Using their Heart Stone, they can bind souls. Mm -hmm. All of the spell Soulbind, or cast Etherealness through it. Far beyond their their normal caster level of eight. Yeah, yeah, that's their stone makes them much, much, much more scary. Which, as you would know from Gareth's description of his dream, is likely what happened to Pelta. She had her soul bound. Bound. I think I said trap the soul in the actual recording. Maybe, but uh, the correct spell is soul bind. Okay. Cool. Yeah. But as you start thinking about uh, the night hags and such, you notice. That same hag begins to look different and change form while still retaining its its stone. Oh, is she a dream hag? She has seems to have evolved and mutated into a dream hag. Oh, hell yeah. And you just hear those whispers of Pelta, Pelta. As flashes of Pelta having these headaches and the claws growing and her father learning of this. And you see just a large, like you see her send her away to protect her. And then she ends up in Fort Inevitable mm -hmm. as those are all the real flashes you can get. But you get to learn things about these hags. Yeah. Night hags, you know about their heart stone and their ability to haunt dreams and deal constitution damage upon uh, the creature that was tormented waking, which, you know, <laughs> No. We saw with Gareth having those claw marks and oh, like, huge right. HP loss, yeah, yeah. which as as went on because damage heals overnight, like as you heal and stuff, mm -hmm. uh, the scar has lessened. But as a dream thief hag, it has certain other abilities that are equally terrifying. Yeah, they're, they're um, they can good. fly. Great. Unlike uh, regular night hags, dream thief hags can fly. They have they have their spell-like abilities, their psychic magic powers. Oh, right. Okay. And their regular special abilities. You got a 51. Yes. So you're going to know a fuck ton of these things. On a regular Dream Thief hag, these are not specific necessarily to Mother, but just Dream Thief hags in general. Abs yeah, definitely. Let's see, you got a 51, so you get eight facts. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'll start with what's their psychic magic like? So they have three known psychic magic spells. Oh, yeah, it's the typical one. Dream Council, Dream Scan, and Dream Travel. Okay. It can move through dreams, it can commune through dreams, and it can read dreams. Yeah. As evidenced by the fact that Dream Thief Hags live generally in the dimension of dreams. Yes. Their regular spell-like abilities are a constant detect magic and see alignment. Okay. And at will, no limit, deep slumber, etherealness, invisibility, and magic missile. Oh, it's awful. Deep slumber sucks. Shit. It's really rude. It's extremely rude. Good news is it can only affect one of you at a time because it maxes out at 10 hit dice. Okay. Duh. However, it does knock you out for uh, 10 minutes. Yeah. 
that'll it takes someone it takes one person out of the fight basically yeah they can change shape into any humanoid or cat mm -hmm. as per alter self or beast shape too okay. they also have their dream theft ability which is while in the same space a dreamy creature or in the boundary of its dreamscape uh, as a full round action it can enter its their body and try and uh, attempt to kill you in the dream goes well with deep slumber at will and if they kill you in the dream, you are in a mindless coma and only miracle and wish can't help. Yeah, that's a... That's At rude. best, they can transport you to the trapped mind as it stole it. Oh, okay. Cool. That's yeah, fun. so you still have like to fight that. for it, but you can find it. Yes. But even the magic of wish and miracle cannot undo this this magic. Yeah, they just give you the chance to get the... <laughs> take yeah. you to it. Uh, the Dream Stone. It's similar to a Night Hag's Heart Stone. Um, it lets them uh, hold their dreaming minds. Okay. And it can release minds to gain psychic energy for its psychic spells. Oh, okay. That makes uh, sense. The mind returns to the body, but the Hag's tampering usually inflicts deep mental scars, resulting in new phobias, nervous tics, or sleep disorders. Mm. Uh, but that and the hag's etherealness power can only be used if it has the dream stone. Okay. And then the one that is probably the most terrifying ability for you, mind block. Oh, what's a that? A creature for? bitten by a dream thief hag cannot cast spells or attempt intelligence checks oh, or no. intelligence based <laughs> skill checks for one round. Oh no. Creatures with at least one mythic rank are immune to this ability, and this is a poison effect. Oh, that's very cool. Um, they also are immune to cold, fire, and mind-affecting effects. Okay. The normal hag DR-10 cold iron and magic. And right. a very, very high spell resistance check. Yikes, okay. Uh, with how smart you are, or how much you got on that, uh, the number is 26. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, that is not easy. Okay. This is a CR11 creature, dude. Yeah, I, I've ran into night hags before in Strange Aeons, but I haven't really fucked with green hags other than, like, eyeing their monster and be like, ooh, someday. Yeah. Uh, so that's what you know about dream thief, dream hags, dream thief hags, and night dream hags, hags specifically. Yeah. Okay. Now, you wanted to know more about Mother. Yeah. Why don't you give me a knowledge, um, knowledge local or geog knowledge local geography or history? Actually, I think local is my best. And don't forget, you get to roll twice and take the better because of your. Yeah, hopefully this treats me better than the last one. <laughs> okay, so yeah. that's a ten and a thirteen for a fifty-five. Fifty-five. Okay, so you know Pelta, and this is geography, right? Uh, hit, uh, local. Local, okay. You know about Pelta. It seems like this specific hag has some sort of in, you know, increased abilities, likely a result of gaining magic through some sort of ominous power, likely either a witch or some sort of other upsetting eldritch caster. <laughs> Sadly, you have not interacted with Mother. You haven't seen her spells. You wouldn't know anything about her specific patron sure yeah but you rolled a 56 you're a smart lad you can guess that it's probably the nightmare patron makes sense but as far as any other spells or abilities she might have as a result of that you are unsure okay additionally you get glimpses and you learn that because as you're watching she tracked pelta 
to Fort Inevitable. Yeah. Somewhere in the residing areas is Mother. Okay, so she is here. She is here in town. Unfortunately, even with a 56, you are unable to pinpoint the precise area. Uh, I've got other spells for that. You do have other spells for that. But she is somewhere within Fort Inevitable. You've been pretty much everywhere in the fort, but you know there are several abandoned outlying houses and farms during various things like the goblin blood wars and such. True, but like if she can alter shape at will, she might not. Like she could blend. She could blend in anywhere. She might be living in town, yeah. There's been a lot of stuff happening. Yeah. An entire new kingdom was founded. Hell Knights are here doing Hell Knight things. All sorts of crazy stuff has happened in this area. Yeah. So if if that's what I assume is probably going to be the most specific I can get from here, I'm going to turn my attentions towards Host. Okay. Yeah. History. History? Okay. History, planes, or religion? Planes or religion are my better ones. I'll do, I'll do, I'll do real. Two 14s on the die for a 57. A 57. So, you get shunted to another section of the library, obviously. <laughs> Why would Mother's book be in your hosts? That's just weird. <laughs> oh, it's right there. Yeah. Oh, they're just three books, three books away from each other. How oddly convenient. I do not understand their organization. <laughs> and you open what would be Haas's book. Mm-hmm. And here's where it gets confusing. You read it. It's, you know, you see the same flashes of when you saw him with Abernard Royce exploring and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then about 25 years before you came to town. So right around the last dated expedition the seven foxes had Haas book is just blank oh not blank like someone wiped the record or there's a spell blocking you from learning but as though no events have happened to Arishan Host in the last 25 years but that the person we've been meeting with isn't Arishan Host. that could be a logical assumption you make okay so this would be my last question yes so could I spend that on thinking about the person we met and talked to? The individual, not the name. You are shunted once again, and I will take a knowledge history. Okay. I rolled pretty good. That's a 7 and a 19 plus 41 is 60. As you get launched to the this, you get launched back, very far back. Not far back as though, you know, there are, it's before the record started, but far back in terms of what you perceive as time. Okay. And you find a book relating to Aslant. Oh. And, and the Dark Tapestry. Oh, okay. And a name you recognize during this flash about an ancient noble necromancer named Nur Athamon. Ooh, okay. Who, as you get glimpses of Narathamon, you see him being exiled from Aslant, exiled from Fasalon. It's hard to do. It's real hard to do. Like, this guy had to be, <laughs> this guy was a noble. He had to fuck up real bad. Yeah, you're too fucked up for, what, the, the rune lord of Luster's Sloth. Sloth is necromancy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're fucked up enough that the rune lords wanted you out. Dude, you're taking this too far. Ugh, okay. Eventually, he and his forces are pursued to a magnificent spire. 
Oh, he was trapped in there. Okay. That can only be described as a magnificent emerald spire. Hmm. And the entryway where he, the, the original portion of the spire he seemed to be in, half of the tunnels and stuff seemed to have been dug out for his stronghold, seemed to be now where a small town of Keep is built. Oh no. You see his broken dead body fall to the ground after this. Mm. And centuries later, it awakens as a lich. Ah, fuck. Okay. And you see him hold his phylactery. And you're not quite sure what he's doing with it, but he's doing something with it. And then a brief flash as he turns. And there there are the seven foxes. Mm -hmm. And another flash. And all you can hear is menacing laughter. As in your mind's eye, the unholy sigil of Shax manifests. <laughs> oh, no. And as you are pondering this, you hear that thumping again, thumping again that uh, like thunderous steps. Mm -hmm. As a Denava appears in front of you. This one is different than what you know what Denavas look like. Give me a knowledge planes check to learn something really cool. Okay. 40 something. There are records, not really records, but rumors that there is a special Denava who is said to be the warden and librarian of the Akashic record itself, known only as the Akashic Guru. Oh no. And as you have gotten your last question asked, she manifests in front of you and hands you a slip of paper that just says, your time has expired. Okay, I just... And you are flung through the library. <laughs> yes, okay. Out what seemed to be doors, and you return to Royce's summoning room with a start. Oh, no. Oh, okay. And in your lap is, in fact, that sheet of paper that just has the, like, it is incomprehensible nonsense to you. Mm -hmm. But you're guessing it may just be, like, the record of books you temporarily checked out while they're in the library. Oh, okay. It's just the receipt. <laughs> yeah, I, I keep that. <laughs> Knowing someday I'll need to have proof. And you see Abernard Royce come back with the tea. It's like, are you okay? You were sweating a lot and said something about the library? Yeah, yeah. It gulps audibly. <laughs> uh, I think you could use some tea now. I agree. Um, and he's he remembers, like, things now. Yes. Yeah, um, Abernard? Um, yes. Well, during your time with the Seven Foxes, did you ever encounter a lich? He pauses as you say that. Like, he's got the tea tray and it's like, the unseen servant that was helping carry things sets it down, but he sort of freezes in his tracks. Lich. And he just sort of, you see in his eyes, they're kind of glazed over as he's, like, recalling this. Yeah. The end really? of the foxes was that floor. The 14th level. Now, as you recall, Declan, mm -hmm. you were not given any information about beyond floor 13 from yeah. the Mistress of Thorns. Okay. And he just sort of looks and just goes, the throne of Aslant. Fuck, that's cool. He stood there and he bade us farewell. Ner-Athamon, the last Aslantian Ard Galarian. And I knew Aradin was lying. And he sort of snaps out of him and he said, well, Aradin was alive. Really? The last extant Aslanti. 
Yes. Regardless, he nearly destroyed all of us. Several of us stayed behind to let the others escape so that we may tell our story. I thought I would never have seen Haast again after that. I don't think you ever did. I think that was Narathamon. This town is, is run by him? I... yeah, I, I think so. Then we are all in much graver danger than I thought. Yeah. I think we could both use a cup of tea now. I agree. And you have what is probably the least tasty but flavorful cup of tea you've ever had as the events of today have left just a very dark taste in your mouth. Yeah. And now you know. And you can share that with the party. I will. It's so much worse. (laughs) So Declan and Ian. (laughs) Yeah. What do you think's happening now? I mean, so if if Host is uh, Nurathamon, the Aslanti Lich from times immemorial, I it could just be that he is trying to reclaim his seat of power, using us as just kind of pawns to clear the way for him. Could be something. There might be something down there. I don't know why. He, like, there's a lot of like context and tools that we're missing. But I mean, I, I think that there has to be something that he couldn't feasibly get on his own that he just needs more bodies for. Maybe it's something that is, like, uh, blocked off from undead, or something that he can't, like... Because he, he's stronger than us by a fair bit at this point, because he's a lich. So there has to be, like, some other reason that he can't just do this all himself. Yeah, that's a very good assumption to make. And there there are, like, just things that undead things can't do anymore by nature of their being which are harder to deal with than just cloud-killing everything on a floor. Yeah, and, you know, with with how insane the spire's been, it could just be, hey, this room is a portal to the positive energy plane. Exactly. Like, it, it could be anything. There's only one way to find out, though, Ian. And that's going deeper. Deeper and deeper and deeper. And we'll see everyone on the next episode. Bye. <laughs>